listeners, this is Harriet Berholtz here, and I'm here with my dad, Randy Berholtz. And we are here to bring you the sixth episode of Now Hear Me Out. Six episodes, and today is November 21st, 2019. We thought that we would obviously cover what uh, happened this, this week in politics a little bit, wrap it up, summarize it. And one of the biggest things was obviously the November Democratic debate uh, that occurred two nights ago, and kind of... It didn't really get much coverage. They're kind of calling it the debate that wasn't. It wasn't that contentious. It wasn't really much of a brawl. Um, and there wasn't really a clear winner. So, I mean, what do you, what do you think about the Democratic debates? Uh, I, I'm very saddened by the Democratic debates and that all they seem to talk about is how much they hate President Trump. And all they seem to talk about is race and sex. It's almost like there's a battle towards... You mean the, gender, not like actually uh, sex. Uh, that's right, race yeah, and gender. Okay. But, it, but it's almost like there's a battle towards the the bottom here as to who is the most racially and, and, and sexually, you know, discriminated against person. I mean, I mean, Democrats, I used to be a Democrat, as you know, and frankly, why just not talking about the issues anymore? You, you, you know, if your whole battle right now is about just criticizing our president, you're going to lose. So I, I would make a recommendation from somebody who's been around politics for an awful long time that you need to talk about the issues. And you really need to talk about the issues. And, and, you know, one of the reasons I left the Democratic Party was that the party was sort of in, in this downward spiral where it's like if you didn't, you know, if you weren't in certain groups, you didn't have a place. And if that's where the Democratic Party is going, you're in trouble and we're in trouble as a society. But but uh, sort of be serious on this Jeez, one. But coming but, in hot. but that's <laughs> sort of, you, you know, I saw a lot of smart ass, some wisecracking you know, some holier than now stuff, you know, honestly, Cory Booker, you should be ashamed at, at, at some of the stuff you're saying about Joe Biden and some of the things you're saying about Joe Biden, just, just, uh, just the ageism. Seriously, Corey, I want to see, I want to see you when you're in your late seventies and, and actually in the public eye. Well, did, you didn't you make about? a joke about Joe Biden? Hey, Joe, are you on pot? I mean, no, come no, 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 no. It was based Seriously? off the comment he made about pot. He wasn't insinuating anything about his age. It wasn't ages. I don't know. It was his I, lack of awareness about wanting to legalize marijuana at a federal level. There were so many issues we have in this country today. And what I saw up there was a bunch of – and look, this is – this is me. Harriet will say something else yeah, because 100%. she's a Democrat. I'm, I'm the woman. Republican here. Like, but at the same time, gender discrimination and, and but at the same time, if your whole platform is based around who's been discriminated against more, that doesn't say anything to us. Because frankly, do you know what? This isn't about you. This is about well, it is. us. They are running. For this president. is about us. What are you going to do for us? And we're all different races and genders. And I don't care about you. I care about how you're going to help. But you know what? If that's just the excuse that we're going to give, every time somebody doesn't meet a standard that they're going to say, oh, it's because you're this. You know what? I came from nothing. I came from, you know, know, my parents lived below the poverty level. My dad was an alcoholic. My my, my dad was a coal miner and my mom worked in a dress factory and she was a union laborer. So, and I'll be honest with you, I have a better record than anybody up there on, you know, on these issues. But if, if you're going to go into your little groups 
and just had this holier-than-thou thing, you're missing what a Democrat is. Yeah, but, Dad, saying and trying to appeal to the African-American community for Kamala and Cory Booker, the the African-American community has one of the lowest voter turnout rates. And so what they're trying to do, obviously, is appeal to those who feel underrepresented, who includes, you know, they're African-American, they're trying to appeal to the African-American people, especially younger people, trying to get younger African-Americans to come to the polls and vote and care. Let's stop talking about... African American or Hispanic Americans or gay Americans but or this. We're trying to Let's start talking. Truthfully, are we or are yeah. we really if just you talking? Don't, if we want to say like, oh, we're colorblind, we don't see people of a different color, we see everyone as being equal. That is a privilege to be able to say that. To be able to say, can oh, I, I don't tell see you, color. Harry, you're drinking the Kool Aid. I oh love my you. Gosh. I love you, Go but ahead, you're drinking. You're drinking again. the white privilege Kool Aid, and that's what people are trying to do to shut you up. That's so not true. I think it's people are sick of the way that things have been done in this country for so long. And finally, people of other, you know, ethnicities and skin colors are feeling like, you know what? Screw it. I need to have representation in this country. You know? So what does it mean to be represented? Does it just mean that you can only be represented by somebody who looks like you? Is your same skin color, your same sex, your same gender, your same sexual preference? If that's the case... I pity the Democratic Party because we're all different. No, no, no. No, no, no. One of the things we're focusing on in the Republican side is we're focusing on bringing people together where all these things don't matter. You know, I signed up for equal opportunity. I didn't sign up for anything else, anything preferences or anything else. I signed up for equal opportunity, and that's the highest that I think anybody should have to go in this country. And I agree, if people don't have equal opportunity, that's a problem. But there will never be equal results in this in this country because people have different work ethics as people, not as groups, as people. People will just work harder. Some want to take it a bit easier. But that's the truth of the matter. That's just, that's but just that's how it is. that's such an oversimplification. If we're seriously saying everybody has a level playing field in the sense where everyone can just, if you just work as hard as you possibly can, you will be successful. That's discounting all of the obstacles and the mistreatment of, you know, the African-American community, of poor communities in this country. Not everybody has the same opportunities. If you come from a low-income school, just hear me out. If you come from a poverty-ridden area, say you have a single mother right? Who works and isn't there after school to take care of you. And it's like you and your siblings and you live in a very dangerous neighborhood. You want to protect your siblings and make sure they're okay. There's a local gang in your neighborhood. They offer you some kind of protection, some loyalty, some, you know, mentorship in the sense of, you know, a brotherhood in a sense. That's how people get involved in games. That's how it happens. It's like, come to us, we'll take care of you. From there, they start selling drugs maybe for these people, or they start getting into more violent behavior. Like it's not a level playing field. But you know what? With every right, there's a responsibility. And and granted, Harriet, I agree with what you're saying. What you're saying is that there are some people who have a lot of a tough time in life, and I agree. I was one of them. I mean, kids that go to school, for example, not having had breakfast because their parents can't afford food, that are trying to learn in school hungry, those kids are at a horrible disadvantage and are not being set up for success. That's why we have so many social programs now to give breakfast to kids. We have free lunch. We have free everything, to be honest with you. But for example, the kids in Flint, Michigan still don't have clean water. But at at some point in life, your parents are responsible for the children. Did I suffer for my parents? Yes. Of course you did. Is somebody suffering for their parents? Yes. If if somebody doesn't have a mother and a father in the home, are they going to suffer in this society? Yes. But who do you blame? Society or do you blame the parent who marries the bum? Or do you blame the dad who doesn't show up and who takes the easy way out? 
The truth of the matter is all of us have the ability when we're adults to pick who we want to be with and to be that person yeah, who our parents Yeah, but kids don't were. have that option when they're growing up to say, Mom, you know, don't be with this guy. He beats the crap out of you or he's a drug addict or he's no but good But what do you, you do? Do you, do, do, you, do you change the whole system or do you take those people who aren't succeeding and give them the skill sets that they need to succeed? And sometimes you got to head them over the head because sometimes the behaviors that they know they do are causing their results. For example, if you're an alcoholic, you're going to have problems. If you're a drug addict, you're going to have problems. But to just blame the system, that's okay. To, to just blame the system is not satisfactory. And this is one of my problems. This is one of the reasons why I left the Democratic problem. Party, it's always somebody else's fault. And it's guys like me. It's always my fault. You know, it, it's the guys who work hard and take care of their own families. It's our fault that you are poor. It's our fault that you are a drug addict. It's our fault. And you know what? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of having my family on my back and then having society on my back. If you didn't have us to blame, who else would you blame? I mean... That's pretty I, deep for today. Yeah, it's That's really deep. deep. But you know what? I was just subjected to a five-minute recount of the Democratic debates. There's no more adults in that room. That's so not there true, There aren't any though. adults in that. Nobody understands that... If you're going to govern, you're going to govern the entire nation. You're not, Obviously, you're, you're going to govern not the entire a nation. subgroup. But you don't think it's important to speak personally to individual groups that feel underrepresented and have been systematically underrepresented in politics. And, and when you say, okay, well, don't you need, you know, do you have to have someone who represents you who's the same gender, sex, you know, sexual orientation as you? No. But you know what? It's nice to see somebody on stage who is a gay man. It's nice to see who, if you're a little boy at home who has come out to his parents and you're thinking, you know what? This guy is out and proud and he might be able to be president someday. That is huge for your sense of self and self-esteem. Seeing a, an African-American woman on stage, Kamala Harris, you know, who might become president, who is talking and she is confident. And, you know, th that to a little African-American girl sitting at home when she can say, you know what? I can grow up and I can be president. If she's in the running right now, I can do that. People like that, that they didn't have representation. I mean, we have it. lost the concept of competence. You if mean? you're going for a job as the governmental leader, we should be focused on competence. Obviously. If you just want to change how people look and, Wait, and, and, and how, how people look, well, look, you know, the Democratic Party is so every word out of their mouth is racist, discriminatory. Now, if that's how you're you saying they are making those comments, no, or they're, no, no, saying they're, they're making wrong. those comments. Look at the number of times the words racist discriminatory, sexist. Look at the number of times that that comes up in this debate. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should watch a debate and we can count how many times that comes up. But they're addressing issues that matter. And if you think that race and representation for people who are of different races and ethnicities and gender discrimination doesn't happen, I mean, Amy Klobuchar said it best If you don't in this last debate. She said, if you don't think that there's a double standard for people, women running for president compared to men who run for president, let's play a little game called, here are all the former female presidents. Let's, let's talk about them. There are none. There's a reason why there's yet to be a female president. So what are you saying? The reason is discrimination? It's Where do, true. Voters it's, are it's so voters get to vote. So you're saying women and men. So there are more women than men voters in the country. So you're saying that women no, don't even select. Women can discriminate. So you're saying women. women don't select women because they're discriminating. They're discriminatory. 
Women don't Should. select women. So you're, no, no, no. So I'm saying. Women are the majority in the country. Yes, I know. But I'm saying there haven't been women, you know, up for presidential. I, I, until Hillary Clinton, there wasn't a Maybe woman. Maybe you just didn't have the, the right woman who's. But that's who, insane. That, you no, really serious. don't think in Hillary history, Clinton? no women and just all these men out there were, were able to run for president. Like there were just no women who were as accomplished enough to be on that stage. That's nonsense. Until now, there's never been a woman who's been good enough to be on this ballot. That's just not true. I'm not saying it's good enough, but you got to raise them. Let's be clear. What you got to do to win at public office is you have to be able to raise an awful lot of money. Case you, in point, Amy Klobuchar, you, when she said she raised 17 grand from her ex-boyfriends when she campaigned. I thought that was pretty badass. But you know what, Amy? 17,000 is nothing. And that's no, cute. No, just from her that's ex-boyfriends. Cute. Oh, my that's God. That's cute. Okay, but that you know what? sexist. That's Start, literally can I tell you, you can call she's me, a woman. You can call me anything you want. But it just goes off me. Cute? I'm Teflon. Oh my God! Goes right off me because, frankly, I've had people call me everything under the sun. No, I don't care. Things that female politicians. I do. don't okay, care. But that is so not nah, okay. Nah, 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 oh nah. my God! And then he says that there's no competent adults running for uh, for for the. How about the us starting nomination? to be adults? How about us starting to Says realize? The man who just plugged his ears and said, "No, no, no." No, he didn't nah. see that. I, that didn't happen. How about just let's let's focus on the issues. And look, this is Democrats and Republicans, but let's face it. What are the Democrats doing? They called our president a criminal. Truthfully, guys, you've been trying to impeach him. You've been trying to you've been trying to impeach him before he even got elected. The truth of the matter is, your candidates stink. There's nobody up there who can win. I, I, I mean, there's nobody up there who can you know who can probably win. And all you're trying to do is to bring President Trump down. So that you can win the election, you, can you do that all you on will his do, own. You will do anything to win an election. You will cheat. You'll steal. You do anything, and you have done that. I've They'll got offer to withhold it. foreign aid. Oh wait, no, that's that's the the president in office what right did, now. What did President Obama do when President Obama had that secret off the mic conversation with President Putin, where he said, "The next election, when I'm elected, I can do more." Do you think President Putin do you have that on record, or is that he that was on record actually? And you can look that up. Do you think? Do you think President Obama had any conversations like that? Do you think any presidents in American history had any conversations like that? We're focusing on the man who's currently in the White House threatening to withhold foreign aid if he didn't. What's the crime? Listen to that. What's what's the crime? Threatening to withhold foreign aid if President Zelensky didn't look into Joe Biden to confirm whether or not his son did something while he was sitting on the board. My understanding is if he did anything, what President Trump did was President Zelensky, who didn't have really much political experience when he came in. My understanding, he was a comedian. So he came in on this anti-corruption uh, you know, you know, uh, platform. And President Trump was just saying to him, well, if you want to check about corruption, how about checking the corruption with a former vice president's son? Who happens to be my biggest threat to my Do you really re-election. think Joe Biden is his biggest threat to Obviously, be people have been, there's a reason why everyone's been saying that every Democrat that comes in, you know, he's the front runner. Even conservative We're getting serious on this Joe. one because I had to watch 5 minutes of the uh, of the Democratic debate. I watched oh my the God. entire thing. If I had to watch more than 5 minutes, oh I would probably see my hair. I don't have much hair now. I would probably have no hair. Oh my God. It's so my bad. My heart's like racing America, right now. I don't like conflict. America, I don't like There is a reason why these guys are going to lose and they're going to lose big because they bigly? keep they keep not bigly. They keep talking about all the types of things that should not matter here. How about somebody talking Same about race America? Matters. That's all well and good for These a white guy These guys are all say. Ivy League 
graduates. Yeah, they're smart. They're all Ivy League graduates. What are you saying that they don't that they're coming from places where these these guys got into Ivy League schools? They yes, have. So did you, and you came from nothing. But you know what? What are you talking about? Do you don't think the fact that we they all came up from poor? the same education back there? These guys are not poor. Nobody up there on that stage is poor. Elizabeth they're Warren all privileged was the daughter people. of a janitor. You don't think so? Was she- I? So what? You were poor. You've said you're poor. What are you talking about? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. You are taking crazy pills. What the hell? This is what the Democratic debates do to normal Americans. Look at my face. I was actually 40 before I came in here. Yes, yes. Aged horribly. 18 years I've aged. Oh, my God. I don't like it when things get nasty. And usually we can maintain. He came in on some sort of high horse today. I got him a sandwich before we did this. I don't know what she gave me a sandwich is. before. So and it was a very good, actually. And you know? a, half a cookie. Yeah. And I let don't let the cookie decide. Don't let the cookie decide. That, what, anyway, what we'll talk about. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. But anyway, moving on. Let's talk about the rest of the Democratic debate, even though I really don't want to right now. <laughs> we still have some things that we need to go through. Makes me crazy. Oh, my God. My heart's like, I, I don't like, ugh, I don't like any of this. Um, so pretty much it was people went in there thinking that Mayor Pete last night, it was like the Mayor say Pete's his campaign, Buttigieg. Buttigieg. I can never say Buttigieg. it right. Buttigieg. I apologize. Buttigieg. <laughs> Mayor Pete, give us a, a pronunciation I, that's why I guide. I Mayor Pete. Okay, I'm sorry. Buttigieg. Yeah, that, there needs to be a commercial just teaching you how to say his last name. But pretty much people expected to go into last night with him getting clobbered. Uh, even his campaign manager, uh, made like a tweet before going into last night, Liz Smith, uh, about debate preparations. They were preparing for like the onslaught of attacks that were to come, but it didn't really happen. I mean, Tulsi Gabbard tried to accuse him randomly. Tulsi Gabbard, I love you. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard, I love you. You should be a Republican. Mm, Okay, anyway, but Tulsi tried to accuse him of wanting to like invade Mexico and send troops into Mexico. And then that kind of blew over as Mayor Pete kind of just laughed it off. And he's like, I don't think anyone on this stage is suggesting we invade Mexico. Mayor Pete, you're coming off as a bit of a smart ass though, buddy. No, he's not. He is. Mayor Pete, look, you're you're an Oxford grad. You're a Rhodes Scholar. He's also a Rhodes Scholar. That's why he's saying that. You went to my college, Pembroke College. You had to wear- uh, Oh, your college. I like that. My college, Pembroke College. He owns it. Own that college. And you, you seem like you're a smart guy. You're, a, I think you're a McKinsey guy, you know, and you're a Naval Reserve guy. But you're coming off as a little bit of a smart ass, dude. And, and I'm telling you that you can't do that with the American people. I don't think he did that at all. I, 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 I do, I do. But oh I, God, I, can't I think you're coming guy. off like that right now. And guy, take a step back. You, you may be the smartest guy in the room, but you know, you know, just be a bit more average American. Be, be a bit more American. You know. You know, uh, you know, put your credentials a bit behind you. Maybe it's be because of your age right now, where you think you have to do that. But go go up well, on that. People are saying he's inexperienced, and he's trying to prove himself with this qualification. I think leading with go your on that stage like you, you like you've been there and like you own it. Like we tell NFL players who like to dance and do all types of wacky celebrations. The old timers tell the NFA NFL players, you know, act like you've been there before. You don't have That's to what go. I say to my dad when he's going to an Olive Garden, the unlimited breadsticks. Act like you've been here before. <laughs> that is true. Those breadsticks are good. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so Tulsi Gabbard, yeah, the whole Mexico thing. He's like, yeah, that, that's not a thing. Um, Amy Klobuchar, obviously, she tried really hard to represent herself as being a stark contrast to Mayor Pete. Um, she's slowly climbing up in the polls in Iowa, uh, which we know Mayor Pete's kind of dominating right now. He has a, a lead. Um, she kind just of- remember, Indiana and Iowa, I think they're fairly close together, so he may have some of that. But I think 
you know, people may be looking at Mayor Pete, you know, they're looking at Joe Biden going. "Ah." Well, here's another thing that people are talking about, too. And uh, I have a lot of, you know, Democratic and Republican friends on on Facebook and across social media. But uh, I saw something really insightful that was posted that I thought was very interesting and kind of represents a bit of the sexism. I know you hate that word, but it's going on in this country. So um, Mayor Pete, you know, who comes from a pretty middle upper class background, grew up with money. Um, His parents are both both academics. Um, He's being portrayed as this middle America sweetheart, average, everyday guy, when in reality, Elizabeth Warren, you know, is being called an elitist, even though she's the daughter of a janitor. Well, she was a Harvard professor. She was a Harvard professor. So what? She worked to get there. She's an academic. Why is she an elitist? Would you call Mayor Pete an elitist because he went to Oxford and he's leading with his credentials? Has that been thrown around? No. So, I mean, that's the difference. Women are held to a different standard. They just are. And they're not saying yeah, that, but I, you know. I just said he was a bit of an elitist. So, so I. No, I think you called him been, a bit of a smart ass. I've been. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's an elitist <laughs> smart ass, but that's okay. You know, at least I'm consistent. But no, I mean, it just goes to show why did that branding stick with him and Elizabeth Warren's being called. Obviously, I don't like Elizabeth Warren. I don't think she's likable. I think she has some good ideas. I just don't think the way in which she presents herself is extremely likable. Socialism is not a good idea for this country. And if anybody wants to oh, argue. Oh, okay. Anybody well, wants to argue with me, I will take on every Democrat, every Democratic presidential (sighs) candidate. Put them all up there with me. I'll do it. If you haven't seen our video, and I don't think my dad remembers filming it, a couple days ago, we gave you guys a play-by-play breakdown as to how you can communicate with your relatives and talk about politics on Thanksgiving without killing each other, pretty much. And that was super fun. And if you haven't checked it out, head to our YouTube channel. But we actually found out today that one of our wife's, well, well, one of my wife's. <laughs> I don't have a wife. We're not a thruple. Don't worry. <laughs> Ew. Oh, that's so bad. But Ew. but one of my British wife's uh, friends back in Britain. No, he only has one wife. The way in which he's saying this doesn't Did I say that again? Sense. Oh, my yes. God. There's one. My mother. There's a bit of Joe wife. Biden in me. So you got to hey. watch that. Ooh. I, was that bad? Was Ew. that bad, too? That was, I don't know. But anyway. Is there a little bit of Trump in so you? Is Stormy Daniels somewhere? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know anybody named Stormy. Uh, but anyway. What, where I was going okay, before go I was so rudely right, interrupted was that we actually found out that there that that one woman had actually stabbed one of her relatives with a fork. in the leg with the fork <laughs> at, Thanksgiving. at Thanksgiving while talking about politics. So, so we weren't making that up. We weren't making that up. It's true. Yeah. You can't make this shit up about about that if you haven't seen uh, – what's the guy? Who Eric Early. Video? Eric Early. Who's Vote running, for Eric. Vote early for, for Eric. Vote early for Eric Early. For for what? He's running for Congress against Adam Schiff. However, his campaign uh, video, which is hysterical, which is why I said I don't give a shift, he kind of made a funny pun about, you know, getting shift done and all this kind of stuff. However, inadvertently, it kind of makes you think more about Adam Schiff and voting for him again. But that's a whole other thing. But anyway, before I was so rudely interrupted, I was saying head to our YouTube channel. Now, Hear Me Out podcast. We've linked it on our Instagram and our Facebook page. I'll link it down below in the description of this episode. And uh, go check out the video. Let us know what you think. Please give it a thumbs up, like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to be doing some really fun on the street uh, guerrilla marketing, if you will, for our podcast. Parents going to dress up as the Statue of Liberty, and I'm going to dress up as Uncle Sam. Well, stay tuned. We're going to talk for about that. gender for a second, though, because as we've been looking for, uh, you can be Uncle S- Uncle Samantha, yeah. and I can no, no, no. be. But we've been looking I at can, costumes to go I don't and do know this. What I would and why be is this. it that? All the Uncle Sam costumes, they're like, they're full, you're fully clothed. But every Lady Liberty costume, it's like, slutty Lady Liberty, Lady Liberty, Lady of I don't, the Night. You don't want to like, see slutty I, Uncle Sam. Why can't lady, you just yeah. get a Lady Liberty I outfit, would not want to see. You know? I'd run the other way if I was coming near oh, you. Oh, God, ew. 
But anyway, yes, that was really fun with our video. But what I was saying is that I don't think my dad has watched that or remembers it enough with the name calling. If the first thing that you do to irritate someone else when talking to them about, you know, your political views is use words like jackass, know-it-all, smartass. One of the All big right. no-nos was guilty. socialist. What did he just throw around there? Socialism is bad socialism. for no one. She's a socialist. socialist. All right. So, All gotta right. be nice. Sometimes have we have to apologize. <laughs> That's an inside joke. We'll tell you later. Anyway. <laughs> just make him stop. So are we gonna? So so more on the Democratic debate. Yes, so what, what else? I really just wish we could Man, just we're just finish this, this up here. Um, Cory Booker, obviously, my dad kind of touched oh. on it before. I I swear, I feel like you just don't like any of the Democrats, but you primarily feel like you don't like Cory Booker or Kamala Harris, which I don't want to say it, but they're both African American. I feel like you don't, don't like them. You just don't like them because they're Democrats. Is that? I, more? I, I, I like Deval Patrick better than Cory Ooh. Booker. Deval Patrick, uh, is, it, is that his first name? Uh, I don't know. He actually was the uh, governor of uh, Massachusetts. Oh. I think I think he just came into the race and got out of the race because only two Very people, quickly. Only two people showed yeah. up for his he campaign. He like opened the door, peeked his head in, and he's like, nope, can't do that. Michael Bloomberg. Uh, oh, God, just don't. Don't. I, you're just don't waste your it. money. Stay out of it right now. And Hillary, no. These guys have FOMO. No, Hillary, my dad, My dad has the worst FOMO out of anyone. I don't even know what FOMO. Imagine. What is FOMO? Fear mean? of missing out. I so do. He can never FOMO. say no to an event, Terrible an FOMO. outing. Uh, and I, I My love wife him. tells me all the time. Oh, yeah, they FOMO. fight about this all the time, but he, he just doesn't say no. So he'll be going until six no. in the morning until like midnight. And then I he's like my political asleep. events. I do. Yeah, he goes to everything, which I, I, you know, when we went on our college tour, when he took me when I was a freshman, every single event, even at we colleges, did. I had zero interest. But you got to know you had fun. When you travel with me, you had fun. I was exhausted. We saw five Broadway plays in four days. That was pretty fun, but we left the last two early because. They sucked. They were really bad. Oh, God. Don't that. go see Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. That was just oh a... Oh, God. Oh, Don't God, go no. There. But anyway, so Cory Booker was talking about, obviously, um, the, you know, he made the the crack about Joe Biden, um, asking if he was high for saying that he doesn't approve the legalization of marijuana at the federal level. He touched on how marijuana has been legal for a long time for sort yeah, of the but, upper class. But what you got to realize... It, there's federal level and there's state level. So Joe Biden was technically right and Cory Booker was technically wrong. What do you wrong. mean? You can approve it at the state level and the federal level. My understanding is marijuana has not been approved at the federal level. No, no, level, no, but that's what they were talking about. But it's about. approved at the state level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, no, no they, weren't, they weren't so, saying it, it has. Yeah. But Joe, Joe Biden's against it being approved at the federal level. He thinks that the states should individually choose what's right for them. And I'm okay. not saying I disagree with him, but the way in which he, you know, I I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm wishy-washy on that. But what he did touch on, obviously, as an African-American person is the, you know, this war on drugs really was not good for the African-American community. It very much targeted them unfairly. And it, I think it was four times. But can I tell can I just you? Finish, please? I'm sorry. Four times sorry. the amount of African-American people, men primarily, were arrested for having very small amounts of pot on them. You know, they were stopped and frisked at a much more frequent level. The racial profiling that went on in these communities is just disgusting. And people like, you know, George Bush and, you know, who, whoever else, you know, well, he, he also did cocaine. But, uh, you know, rich white people have been using marijuana recreationally with little consequences for a very long time whereas african-american men to this day still can sit in jail for having had less than an ounce of pot on them when they were stopped for a routine traffic stop here's the that's issue. not okay okay here's the issue though the issue is do you do you say that it's it's good for everybody to take it or or should you, you or should pot. Or, no, would you stop <laughs> this is how to Lily use, knows about to drugs. use to use <laughs> All right. I mean, I guess you could technically take CBD pills. All right. Okay. Let me finish. You smoke. Now hear me out. See? 
Okay. That's our word. A word. I thought our word was thruple. No, <laughs> that was the word. But anyway, so uh, okay. Here's the issue. Just because you know, if there are discrepancies in the arrest rates, okay, yes. You know, should we have equal arrest rates? Well, I think that depends on the use. So, so you know, you know, one of the problems I have, and it's and it's that here's the problem of the Democratic Party. Oh they, God! No, no, okay, I'm going to okay, gross go ahead, generalization, go ahead, go ahead. but it's it's true. Certain people, especially our friend here, Governor Gavin Newsom in California, <laughs> he believes. Hey, Gavin. Hey, Gavin. <laughs> he believes that. You know, if, 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 there, if there are different arrest rates, then we need to not arrest anybody. I think that's wrong. Well, it's legal I, here now, so we're not I, No, but I'm just saying overall, I think instead of letting people out on the streets like we do in California to make, you know, the, you know, you know we, we let people out of the prisons now to, uh, to go live on the streets. But, you know, instead of doing that, you know, prison let's let's instead of, of decriminalizing this, why don't we just enforce the laws more efficiently and 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 you know you know in an equal opportunity type of way to where if you do this you know no matter what you look like you know we're going to arrest you. But instead, what the Democrats are saying, let's decriminalize. No, it. but why? I don't think that's why are helping. We arresting people for I don't think that's helping the African American community. What? I don't think By it's decriminalizing helping. Decriminalizing marijuana? Can I tell you? Do you think anybody in this country should go around and be and, and be high? You know, at work, raising kids, driving a car. Okay, but the driving same an airplane. One, you don't drive an airplane; you fly. Oh, fly an airplane! But anyway, I mean, then you would say the same thing about alcohol. Alcohol, I in agree. my experience, and I opinion, agree. As someone who smoked weed a couple times in my life, I agree. You know, I, I'm much one. Also, too, when you've smoked weed, you're not doing things. No, I do not think people should be smoking weed when they're around. I their disagree, kids. Harry. But at the end of the day, how I many people... parents? Can I please finish? Go ahead. Okay. Jesus, how many parents wind down their day or working professionals in the law community? I mean, you taught at a law school. Most lawyers I know are borderline alcoholics for the most part. They all drink. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a fact. These people are drinking very frequently, even drinking if they're finishing late to like finish a deposition at work. They're having some scotch at their desk. They keep it in their desk. How is this different? You know, mom's drinking a bottle of wine at the end of a day after a long, hard day. If a mom is drinking a bottle of wine at the end of a day... Mom, you got some problems. No, obviously, but I'm just saying though, what's the difference between that and then smoking a joint or smoking out of a bong or something? Why is that different to you? Because it's not. They're both substances that are going to alter you, your physical and mental. So what do you well-being. do with what do you do with mushrooms? What do you do with heroin? What do you do with cocaine? Well, obviously, well, are they along the same path? Or where do you been, put those? Are, I don't know if they currently are, or they're working to just decriminalize certain psychedelics because they've been approved in the treatment of treatment resistant depression. Uh, ketamine, as well, has been proven effective for Lyme disease treatment. Um, one of the girls who I love and follow, Jordan Younger, has been using ketamine as like a, a, a Lyme disease treatment. I mean, if things have a benefit, for example, I think if you're going through chemotherapy and if you're sick and smoking weed helps to counteract side effects, go for it. I think human suffering, minimizing human suffering is just what life is all about. Maximizing joy, minimizing suffering. I was listening to a podcast recently with Kristen Bell where she talked about this. What's going to, what decisions can we make that are going to maximize joy and minimize the suffering of people? And I think that criminalizing marijuana and arresting people for tiny amounts of weed and putting them in jail or fining them or ruining their lives, life is disgusting. Therefore, if you do that, go ahead and arrest anyone who's buying alcohol in a store. Because it is very much the same thing. We have DUI laws, but we also now have laws that 
protect people, or not protect people, but hold people accountable, they can't drive under the influence of pot. If you're pulled over, my husband Paul and I know someone who personally has been pulled over and arrested twice for driving high. Like, yes, so it does occasionally happen, but people are also driving drunk every single day. So I, I don't see the difference. The tax that came in, I think I have the numbers right here. It was saying that the tax when Colorado first decriminalized marijuana in 2013, it brought in $185 million to the state because tourists were pouring in. With that money, they were able to actually put money towards anti-drug education to try to get people. I know that's a little obviously tongue-in-cheek here, but they were able to fix roads. They were able to invest in their community, clean up communities. Why not? Why not? People are going to, this is the thing. People are going to do it anyway. Look at prohibition. I know my dad, for example, also very alcohol, you know, anti-alcohol, which I respect. He's, he's, he's true to his values. He doesn't believe in drinking alcohol. He doesn't drink. I also don't drink anymore. But if people are going to ban it, people are going to do it anyway. Look at prohibition. You ban marijuana, people are going to smoke it anyway. So what do we do here? How do we serve the community and serve America and make it the best it can be for everybody? Are we getting off topic here? A little bit, yes, but you were so passionate about what you said. I felt like I kind of had to go in and tell you why I feel the way that I do. But okay. that, that's why I feel the way that I do. I think that the way that we're taxing marijuana, I think the taxing can do great things. The taxes that people are, you know, uh, why not? Why not? I think we're going to come back. You know, what I don't understand with the Democratic Party is, is – Sweeping generalization. Is some of the hypocrisy. And the hypocrisy is we want Hip-hot. – Chrissy, no. Hypocrisy. <laughs> no, I know. We want the clean environment. So then we allow people to smoke pot. I mean, you know, we've people done- smoke cigarettes. We're not banning well, that. Well, well, let's wait. We've done some wonderful things in my lifetime about getting rid of smoking, you know, but at the same time, oh, I don't understand the Democrats. We get rid of smoking because that's bad, but then we allow marijuana smoking and that's good. I'm sorry. I don't get that. It's not causing Marijuana. How do you know? The marijuana today is so much well, We don't much believe strong. in climate change, so much, Republicans. Do so we? Much, we hear me out. Hear me out. Come so, on, come on, come on, hear me, hear me out. But now you it, care about the environment. I, I, I always care about the environment. I just bullshit. Don't, I don't think it's a crisis. Like you, you guys, everything's a crisis for the Democratic Party. It's not a crisis, but the. I mean, it's a crisis. We're gonna die crisis, tomorrow. Look at that Swedish girl. That. We're gonna die. Okay, tomorrow. Don't make fun of her. She tomorrow. has Asperger's. We talked about this. You don't. Talk, I don't know. Does does she have Asperger's? Well, if she does, she I'm sorry, but at the same time, I mean, come on, what is to this? Is Trump talking about the guy who was yeah, but at the same time, disabled? I'm sorry. Don't make fun I'm of sorry. people. I'm sorry. I don't. There's no need to I go low. I don't believe Democrats. I don't believe you when you talk about Jesus, crises. Like, because no, hear me out. Okay. Every crisis is you know everything is a crisis because it's you know because you say it is. There's a crisis of sex, of, of, of gender discrimination. There's a crisis of race. There's a crisis of this. Everything's a crisis, and then you're the answer because a lot of you are communists and socialists. Oh and my God! What no, hear saying? me out. Please hear me out. I can say what I want. This is America. While while we still have it, sorry, but it is. But truthfully, you know, here's the issue. The issue is, what did the communists do in Russia? What did the communists do in Cambodia? What did the communists do in, in, in the Eastern Bloc? They said. When things go bad, when the capitalist system goes under, you have us to fall back on. And I'm telling you, communism and socialism are just, you know, you know, you know that will enslave the world again. Ask the Eastern Europeans, ask the Cambodians, I mean, ask the Vietnamese, ask the people who are suffering in China, ask the North Koreans. So, I mean, look, how do we get on this? We talked about substances. Frankly, you want to do something, go ahead. If, if the society thinks it's illegal, you're going to get arrested. And don't come crying to me later on. Well, you didn't arrest Joe over there. Why are you arresting me? Well, that's because we caught you. 
And, 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 and the truth of the matter is about crime, for any crimes, we can't catch everybody. We can catch some people. If it's discriminatory, I agree that's wrong. I think we should have equal opportunity. Anyway, that's, that's my belief. We're getting really serious on this nasty. one. I'm not getting it's nasty. Not yes, you did. You it's literally not... like flared your I'm teeth. smiling. Oh, God. Anyway. I'm not going to put my hand too close to his mouth okay, and bite it off. What else? Let's keep going on. So. Oh, I'm good on the Democratic debates here. Now, what else do you have on that? Um, I mean, oh, I don't even want to get into this anymore. No, it's okay. Um, I mean, one thing that I thought was interesting, obviously, I'm in marketing and, and advertising and, and stuff like that. And so one of the things that I thought was really kind of cool in the sense that Cory Booker um, was really lacking in funding to, it was looking very much like he wasn't going to be able to be a part of the Democratic debates in uh, December because his fundraising was like falling behind and he, his performance wasn't really enough to make him a front runner. And he was falling behind in the polling standards and fundraising standards that candidates have to meet um, in order to move forward uh, with the December debate. But he asked people directly and he did like a direct call to action saying, you know, please keep me on stage. Please, you know, my voice matters. I think I'm representing people who feel extremely underrepresented in this community. I'm giving a voice to the voiceless. Just keep me on stage, donate to my campaign. And by doing that kind of plea and direct call to action, he raised more money after um, that day's debate than I think he had yet to raise in his entire time funding. And uh, one thing that I can say, obviously coming from marketing, when you have a direct call, you know, call to action, I like to say, People need to be, they want to be told what to do in a sense. And I'm not saying that from like a communist sense or socialist sense, but I mean, when you want people to take care of something and do something, you tell them exactly what needs to be done. And he was saying, you know what? Keep me up here. Donate. This is what, yeah, this is what I need from you guys. Donate. And people did it. You know, having unclear calls to actions are one of the reasons why people don't click on your Facebook ads because they don't know what the hell you want them to do. Do you want them to sign up for your mailing list? Do you want them to buy your product? Like sign up for a free trial, get a free ebook? No. People have to know directly. So, Cory Booker, good job on that. I, I hope to see you in the uh, December debates. I think you're an excellent candidate. I think you're extremely intelligent, and uh, I commend you in asking for what you needed. So, Cory Booker, stop making excuses. Raise money. He did. Let's Just raise money, about. dude, and stop saying, oh, it's because of this. No, raise money. it's because of Just anything. go raise money. And you know what? You will be judged on the basis of your ideas, not on whether you're this or you're that. And that's what the Democratic Party doesn't seem to understand. We need competence. America needs competent leaders who can transcend boundaries. One of the problems up there in this debate, I saw no one who could transcend boundaries up there. What do you mean? Everybody kept saying, well, I'm a minority too. I'm discriminated against too. How is it transcending boundaries? You describe what, what you mean. We need somebody who can say, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what your parents have done. What matters is the content of your character and your ideas and your ability to put those ideas into force. But I think and to that get what you the forget that is done. not everybody thinks like you. But this is not about politics. This is about government. Wait. We need the best governmental leaders. And that's what America should be making this determination about is who can get the job done. We need to have the best, as you said, Harry, we need to have the most efficient, you know, we need to give the most benefits to the most people with the littlest money out of our pocket. You said, also as a Democrat, you said you like social programs, but you don't want to pay for them. Well, I don't, yeah, that, I, I'm That cheap. sounds like a lot I don't of people. I money. That's, I know you are, but. but, but <laughs> I'm not, the, but, I'm not the wealthiest person. But, but that's, that's what a lot of people need to understand. 
you know, you talk about the rich people, and yeah, there are some filthy rich people, and one of them was up, two of yeah, them, a ton were, of tax two of them were up on stage, Tom Steyer and then uh, Andrew Yang. They're billionaires. They get to do what they want. The rest of us aren't. George Soros is a billionaire. The Koch brothers are billionaires. I'm not. Harriet's not. So yet. The, <laughs> yet, that's right. But the rest of us have to go on, and we have to get things done within our means. What I don't like about what I don't like about some of the Democratic candidates, Bernie Sanders, who's a millionaire, um, he recently reached millionaire status, and he even commented on that in a really cute way. One of the last debates, he's like, "I know I'm not a millionaire, so maybe I can't talk, but I'm up here anyway, and I love you guys. I'm gonna help this country." And I, I freaking and Elizabeth love him. Warren, though. Elizabeth Warren too. Elizabeth, the country needs to live within our means. One of the one of my you know, you know one thing I don't like about the Republicans right now is we're we're keeping this deficit going, and the problem is a deficit is something that. We're going to pass on to you, Harriet, because I'm going to yeah, it's I'm going to snuff it at some point, and then you're going to be paying it off. No, it's the boomers who have screwed up this country for everybody. And I, the, the funniest thing I saw, I tend to agree. Recently, was we're not that these, good. No, you guys suck. The baby we boomers have screwed suck. up the environment. You've left us in crippling uh, debt. We got rid of smoking. Give us a break. We got rid of smoking. You also started it. <laughs> we didn't get us into nuclear war, so that's good. We kept us out of nuclear war. No, that's Trump's going to get us into nuclear war. No, but anyway, no, anyway, uh, with the boomers, uh, the whole thing, obviously, uh, what my are you, dad has heard about are you it. Yes, I'm a millennial. millennial. Um, I'm unfortunately not Gen Z. I'm, I'm at the end older. of the boomers. The end. Yeah, the tail end. The end of the boomers. Yeah, so I'm I'm in like I think the middle of the millennials. I don't know, yeah. but anyway. Um, one of the funniest memes going around the internet right now, which everyone's talking about, is, oh, okay, Boomer. And I don't know if my dad – I tried to explain it to him, but him talking – trying to talk to him about trending memes is like, I don't even know, trying to talk to Trump about, you know, actually doing hey, I'm the not job as president. But uh, basically what they're saying is this this older person who is a baby Boomer said, I think that the word Boomer is as offensive as the N-word. And obviously that's total bullshit. But I think that they're just trying to say, oh, it's ageism. But uh, – so then every like everywhere around there, it, whenever anybody says anything, the response is just, oh, okay, Boomer. Um, so Obama messed up this country for everybody, and, and he never should have been president. And you just, okay, Boomer. Or uh, I think that all the music these days just sounds like people yelling, okay, Boomer. And so it's it's been pretty funny. But anyway, I guess you have to look those up for yourself. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of pretty much it. This is a, this, It was a pretty no, uneventful we're, we're, debate. Well... You know, is there anything else you want to add? I mean, for someone who watched five minutes of it, he sure has a lot of thoughts. I watched the highlights. <laughs> it was like watching the NFL. You want to watch all the games? You can watch the highlights. I watch well, highlights. the Packers, you I can set aside four you. hours for every week. Uh, Green Bay. Green Bay against San Francisco. My son-in-law and I are going to the game. So if you see two guys there, one with Green Bay and one with 49ers, that's us. Say hi. Come up and take a picture. He won't mind. You, you know, he loves his fans. <laughs> Green Bay, please, don't do what you did against the Chargers. Oh, man, did you stink. But anyway, yeah, we could have a little sports breakdown of the week. But do you have anything else you want to say to Gavin Newsom? Oh, yo, Gavin. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Governor Gavin Newsom. Hello. From the California State Republican Party, where, as you know, I am secretary. So, uh, Governor Newsom, a couple of things. We had our board meeting recently. And, you know, you know, and we publicized this and everything else. But, but you know, the, the one thing we did approve was, you know, there were two initiatives in California uh, against well, well, two initiatives to uh, actually recall you, Governor Newsom, because frankly, you stink. People in your own party don't even like you. You aren't really good. I mean, I'm serious. You had the nerve to either yesterday or today tweet about about some nasty things about Republicans, and the party tweeted you right back. 
I'm serious. You, you know, you really are not that good. And, and look, I, I'm trying to give you, I'm trying to give you a break here. But I tell you what, you can email me, you know, you know, uh, or or contact me somehow. You know how to get a hold of me. But Gavin, Ow, tell you. me three things that you've done that have been good for this state. Every single thing you've done has been bad. Ninety-five percent of the people in Los Angeles County. I think the number one issue is homelessness. And you have just, you and Eric Garcetti, another Rhodes Scholar, who I haven't met, but maybe I will someday. You know, you have both let Los Angeles County go down the tubes. The homelessness, it's just not Skid Row any, everywhere anymore. It's everywhere. And you should be ashamed. That's just me saying, Gavin. Secondly, for the Democratic Party in the state of California, mm. you lost. Okay, your efforts to actually have President Trump, uh, you know, have to give his uh, uh, his income tax returns in order to get on the ballot failed at the California Supreme Court level five to zero. You know, for a party that talks about equality, you just created you tried to create a poll tax just specifically aimed at President Trump. You know what? You failed. And uh, we're going to publicize that fact. And oh, by the way, Gavin. Truthfully, we are going to come after you. You know, we are. You know, we are going to run great candidates against you. And and I'm telling you that Democrats, Republicans, and decline to state are all going to join against you, and we're going to get you out of office because, frankly, the way you look at this, we are not just your your retirement account. So, Gavin, you know, enjoy your next couple of years because you're really not going to be in office after that. And that was Randy Berholtz talking on behalf of Randy Berholtz, and that was an editorial comment by Randy Berholtz. Well, I think Thank another thing, obviously, as to why we hate Gavin, and uh, this is something we're going to talk and about. This is a Democrat yeah. talking. Yeah, I mean, in another, um, you know, podcast is, I think it was a Senate Bill 276 that will create state oversight of vaccine exemptions uh, issued by doctors trying to weed out, you know, those given for non-medical reasons. Um, but some of the stuff that's included, you know, it, it obviously hits home. I'm the sister of somebody who's had a horrible vaccine reaction. And while I do agree 99.99% of kids handle them totally fine, those kids that don't handle them fine uh, deserve to be respected. They deserve to be represented and talked about even if they are no longer with us. Um, and guys, I'll tell you what, this is not a Democrat or or Republican issue here. And I'm sorry. Somebody, I'm sorry. Someone's drilling. Somebody's drilling outside. outside. <laughs> that, that tells you that we are a homegrown enterprise yeah. out here. Sorry if you can just listen on top of that. But uh, um, Herod's going to take care of that. But, you know, um, I was vaccinated. And, 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 you know, I actually met a person who uh, whose father was uh, – was actually part of the whole vaccination uh, efforts of polio back in the 50s. And this person missed the polio, that missed the Salk vaccine by one month. And he has polio and he has polio to this day. So look. Obviously vaccines do one We, un- we understand the value of vaccines. And, I'm and, vaccinated. And, and I will vaccinate vac- my kids. You know, I, I got the thing here and everything else. And, you know, when I go to. The little indentation. You know, when I go to, you know, abroad and I get all my vaccinations. When we went to China, got all our vaccines. Got all our vaccines. So look, Yeah, they're there for a reason. We are in no way saying. Anti-vax. We're not anti-vaxxers. No. And we're not saying that people should not vaccinate their children. But what we have, we are one of those families 
who has had a kid who has had an, a, a bad reaction to the MMR We vaccine. now know why, uh, more we, about we the why, why as now. to why she had a reaction. And, and, and just so you know, guys, some of the people protesting out there are not crazy. No. They see what some of these do to their children. They've lost kids, you know. You know, they see what they – can and imagine this. You put a vac- – you know, you're scared that you put a vaccine into a kid and if the kid has a reaction and dies, what do you do? You have no recourse. You can't go what after the drug do? companies. If you don't report within, I'm pretty sure it's a 72-hour window of adverse vaccine reactions. It's never going to be documented medically or scientifically. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, so, so there, were, there were two industries in this country that have exemptions from lawsuits – over, over, you know, from product liability, and that's the nuclear industry. Which is crazy. Their liability is capped. It used to be capped at $516 million. I think it's a little bit more now, in the vaccine industry. And, you know, what that means is that you can't go into court and sue for, you know, for damages, you know, you know for bad vaccines. Which is disgusting, I think. But look, there is medical evidence. I'm in the pharmaceutical industry, and, you know, I have a daughter who has a genetic disease, and we have found right now. A mutation. A mutation. We have found right now that there are certain kids who get either have a higher chance of getting epilepsy or have a higher chance of having fevers from the vaccine. So what Gavin Newsom is saying is that if you have a seizure as a result of a vaccine, if you don't die, you still have to get the other rounds of vaccinations before you're allowed to attend yeah. public school in California. So Gavin, so you can suck it. Gavin. So Gavin, get a freaking brain and look. This is not a conservative issue. It's not a Republican this is a issue. Human issue. This is a human issue. You know, and, and if you want, you know, if you want families to go around you, they're going to do that. But, you know, I would man up on this one, Gavin, and talk to parents who've had kids have reverse, reverse reactions. What I recommend that you do is that you fund an effort in California to have every child or every adult who gets a vaccination. Tested you, beforehand. You give them a diagnostic test beforehand. We know of at least two diseases that either cause fevers or the fever will cause you know, something terrible to happen. My youngest daughter has something where it's fever-induced, uh, you know, a fever-induced genetic disorder, which is a nasty, nasty thing. It's something you wouldn't wish on your worst enemy. It is a enemy. nasty, when you've nasty seen it affect thing. somebody you love, you become not afraid to talk about it anymore and to, to be considered or called an anti-vaxxer. Because I know in my heart that I'm not. I strongly believe in vaccinations. I had, you know, the Gardasil vaccine, um, the one to prevent, was it HPV, the one to prevent ovarian cancer. I've had them all, you know, and I, knock on wood, like I've been fine. And so I have no doubt I'm going to vaccinate my children, but I don't believe in being ignorant and just saying, oh, well, there's no such thing as a bad reaction. Listen to the families, Gavin. Listen to the families. I mean, the families gathered up in Sacramento the day that this was decided We are upon, bright people. You know, with the, the faces of their kids who died. What scares me about your branch of, uh, you, know, you know, the Democratic Party, and, you know, I think you're more socialist. And the problem with your, your type of, of, of rule is that you, you believe in one-party rule and that you, you know— you, This isn't a one-size-fits-all thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, you have to be transparent and you have to listen to people. That's what good government is about. So anybody out there, you know, you know, I'm in medical literature all day, and, and I I can tell you that I can tell you the two, you know, the, the two illnesses that can come on from vaccination. So what I'm saying is they're good. I'm, I'm for vaccines. I'm, we're, we're, Harriet and I, I think, agree on this one. Oh we, yeah, there's wonderful. We have a child, who, and, and but you have to understand we're not. A lot of us aren't crazy. We see these things happen, and you have to trust us. You got to trust your citizens at some point. So if you want to call us on this one, we will talk with you. We will talk to 
President Trump, you know. But this is what makes me upset is that I, this is one thing I actually liked President Trump for when he was running. And I remember you brought it up too. Yeah. He brought parents on stage of, uh, who had kids who'd been injured by vaccinations pretty much. And he said he was going to stand up for them. And then it comes out, I don't remember exactly how much money it is, but he is helping to fund an initiative to research and create up to 200 new vaccines in the next 10 years that he's going to benefit from financially if they get passed. One of these vaccines is... Well, he won't benefit, but the but the country will benefit. He won't. He won't himself. I think you're. You don't saying, think so? No. no, no you don't think no. he was financial? Okay. Well, I'll, no, I'll not, double check that. Not President Trump. It, um, it'd be the government. Okay, then it was the government. But anyway, there's talks to create a vaccine that can help prevent you uh, prevent you from developing depression. If that's not the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my entire life. I don't know what is. I mean, we're creating unnecessary vaccinations now just to try to try to create them. And I mean, people are kind of becoming, I don't even know, guinea pigs. There was actually a, I saw, I mentioned I'm in marketing and I run Facebook ads for a living for people, but there was a Facebook ad that I saw recently. I can't get a Facebook ad approved trying to advertise a bathing suit sometimes, but this one got uh, approved that asked parents with babies under two years old to so 24 months and under if their kids uh, would be willing to participate in a clinical trial of a new flu vaccine that was created for babies to test for adverse side effects. Human babies. This is going on on Facebook. So th- that was just literally the most disgusting thing I've ever seen, asking kids to be test dummies. If we're against testing you know, makeup on dogs, putting eyeliner on a dog, which I don't agree with, I'm not saying I do. You should see her dog. <laughs> I know. My Toby. dog. He has a straight up contour and, you know, fake eyelashes at all times and a bunch of lipstick. No, but the fact that they were wanting to test this on real human children is the most disgusting thing. And kids are not test subjects. They're not test dummies. And to put a kid's health at risk. And I think they were offering to compensate $200 for parents for this trial. You know, I, I just, yeah, we're going to go into this more in depth. We're going to go into the actual facts about all of this. And just remember, and we're, not, we're not anti-vaxxers. No, the vaccine 100%. Industry. You know, we're for you. The, it's done the, the, amazing things. The men and women who, who are the researchers who are out there finding cures and that. But I guess the one thing we're saying is. It's we, not one size fits all. You know, one of the things we have to realize in America, what are we best at? We're best at sales and marketing. We can sell and we can market and we sell. We are still the only country that advertises drugs on, on TV to patients. That's one thing I, yeah. I think you agree with me on. That needs to stop. That shit needs to stop. Because if you look at a Zoloft commercial and it says, do you feel like your life sometimes just doesn't matter? Do you That's feel true. a little bit more tired than normal? Some or of the, the reactions are you may you know, die. Your, your heart may fall you? or your head may explode. Everybody's going to be That's like, okay. yeah, I think I need Zoloft. It's like, do you feel like well, you sometimes Harriet, need a nap? Have you or, taken Zoloft? You know, or, or you, thought of Zoloft? <laughs> you ever feel a little sad and you don't know why? Like, it's bullshit. We're literally creating the most medicated, doped up population of people who aren't thinking for themselves and who aren't questioning their doctors. I'm a Democrat, and I'm just going to say still, question everything. Nobody knows your body like you, you do. Nobody knows your health your like you do. You are your ultimate doctor. As somebody you are once, your ultimate advocate. As somebody once said to me, one of my, one of my students said, your, your body is your temple. It is. So, so I don't think don't, your student created that. but <laughs> probably, It was a very smart student. But your body is your temple. And... and, and and, you know, this, this sort of goes back, Harry, to the whole thing about, you know, the, the clean technology and that. I am an advocate for, for, for just clean living. Look, I take – I actually counted them. I take 16 type of vitamins a day and, you know, and I, I exercise. Works out two hours a day. I exercise like. every day. You, you know, I try to be positive and everything else. I, I don't have the answer for everybody and everybody in this life faces difficult problems. But, you know, 
But the one thing we have to be careful of as, you know, as consumers right now is it, remember, we're the, you know, we're the people who created the McDonald's. We're the people who created Supersize This. And you know what? McDonald's was benefiting from that. And McDonald's, if you hear me out there, you know, call me up. I got a couple ideas how you, how you can right the wrongs, which you've done. But, you know, guys, remember in the 70s and 80s and 90s when we supersized everything? You know, so and, and, and we got people to believe that that was good. We got normal. people to believe that that was normal. And the kids needed a mighty Look meal. at the number. Go back to your hometowns if you haven't recently or go abroad or just, you know, look around you. The number of people who are obese today is astronomical. It is just, and one of the problems is they've gotten that way because they've trusted the sales and marketers out there. We're good at it in America. We I mean, when we were in China, the number one go-to place is Kendeji, KFC, or mm-hmm. Mai Dong Lao, McDonald's, and Xingba Ke, Starbucks. Like, that's what we saw people line up for. And I have to say, all of that food's better in China. It's not as tor- like horrible as it is over there. We ate at a Papa John's Except the there. hamburgers. Don't it was a sit-down restaurant. You don't know what that is in the hamburgers. No. <laughs> but anyway, guys. But anyway, yeah, we're, we're getting to the end of our time here with, uh, with this podcast, but... Obviously, we kind of just grazed the surface of the whole, you know, mandatory vaccination um, SB 276 bill. <laughs> but you yeah. can see, see how we <laughs> how we're laughing now because we just lost we just we just lost our video, on, that, video so. on recording this. So, today. but that's okay. But that's but, fine. Uh, we have this podcast uh, still, and that's that's fine. We got a couple clips that we'll we'll put up. But it just goes to show, you know, technology, man. It just goes to show you when I told you you had 20% left on I the know. Phone, I should have listened. I should have listened to your He's going to go father. off on his crazy tangents but, and his crazy ideas. But so, so, so one of the things we want to talk to you guys about, too, and I know I know Harrod says the podcast is not we're talking to you or we're talking with you, but, but you know, but uh, we are going to be having people, you know, politicians on the show. Yes, we are going to uh, start having guests. You don't just have to listen to us two crazies talk <laughs> all the time. So, you know, we're going to have local candidates, statewide candidates, federal candidates. And, you know, if you have anybody who wants to appear on our podcast, please let us know. We want to have Democrats, Republicans, decline to state, smaller parties. We want you all to come on here because this, you know, we believe that America needs to hear from you. We don't, you know, even though I'm Republican and, 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 and Harriet's Democrat, you know, we believe that people need to be informed, and that's what this is about, to be informed. You know, you know, I'll try not to use the word fake news here or anything else like that, but, but, but you know, our goal here is, is, to, is to let everybody have their day. And, and, you know, and the way we're going to get better government and, and, and better political leaders is by having a process by which they are challenged and a process by which the process is transparent. I do it within the Republican Party, and and I would say the Democratic Party needs to do it. And so government leaders need to be held accountable. That's part of the process here. And so, you know, if anything we can accomplish by this podcast, you know, we just want to let you know that, that, that you, you know, that's what the fourth estate should be doing. I mean, that's really what 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 we should be doing you know people either you know podcasting or the media and that that's what we should be doing and so if you don't get it from someplace else you're going to get it from here okay because that's that's what we believe you know what do you think harriet so 
I pretty much think that, I mean, I think you have to be your own advocate and we're attempting to record something else here, but it's not looking great. Um, we're trying on this one, guys. We're trying on this one, guys. But uh, the, produ- the production team is right here. Yes, the production uh, and, team. And, 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 and Paul Marchand. Yes, he's an he's, uh, integral part of all of this. But yeah, I think you need to think for yourself. I think don't be a sheep. Don't believe everything that you read. Um, I think that it's important to be your own advocate. And I think it's important to do your own research. And my dad kind of is of the belief that nothing can be trusted unless he sees it happen with his own two eyes, which I think is a little bit crazy. It's a little bit crazy. Um, in my opinion. But, okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, that, that's pretty much all we have for, for this week. And we're going to be having guests. Um, we're going to be in, uh, interviewing Joe Leventhal. Jim DeBello. Um, we're also going to be getting some Democrats on here, which is going to be uh, super fun. And we're going to try to keep this, you know, very bipartisan and and balanced um, in the sense of we're not going to just primarily interview Democrats or just Republicans. It's going to be everybody. And uh, I'm super excited. This has been really fun. This episode's been a, a lot more contentious than I would have liked. But, but that's what happens. Out. That's what happens I every now and then. I'd like a drink, even though I don't drink. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's been a day. But uh Thank you for tuning in again. If you guys would please do us all a huge favor, well, all my father and I, um, and go and leave us uh, a good review on iTunes. Now hear me out. Um, it's available also on Spotify and Podbean. Please subscribe. Go to our YouTube channel. Watch our latest video about how to talk politics with your relatives at Thanksgiving without killing each other. Our podcast channel name is Now Hear Me Out Podcast. Please subscribe. Uh, give it a thumbs up. And we will be doing many more videos on there. And I am so excited. And guys, we value your comments. Please we give value us comments. you being our listeners right now. We'd like this to be as interactive as possible. We do listen to you. Okay, so so please uh, let us know your thoughts. And We and see the same 40 to 50 people listening to each new podcast we put out. And no, that's not a huge amount yet. But you know what? We're growing um, a listener base. And that is so exciting because you guys are growing with us, which is fun. And we want to best serve you. I mean, the reason why we created this podcast is because we were having these long, in-depth conversations about politics. And yeah, as you saw today, it can get a little bit contentious. And guys, we take care of our friends. You're our family. Okay, so so I'll tell you what. With that, Harrod, I guess we'll... Uh, well I mean... We'll, anything else? I mean... I cut off my train of thought there a little bit, but uh, we wanted to say that we want to best serve you. So if you feel like we are um, inadequately, you know, representing certain topics or not covering certain things that you feel like are pertinent to what's going on in this country, we really just want to best serve you. So you can give us, uh, shoot us an email now, hear me out podcast at gmail.com and let us know your thoughts. DM us on Instagram, just at now, hear me out podcast and let us know the kind of things that you want to see. And please, 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 seriously, we can't ask you enough. Go watch our YouTube video and please share it with your relatives. Tag us. We want that to go viral. There was a really stupid video that went viral about talking with your relatives about politics. Um, and it was the Hollanders and it was called Welcome to My Couch. And they did it as a flow rider, you know, our house thing. And it was just, it was funny, but it was also just like, also very cringeworthy. And yeah, maybe ours is a little cringeworthy too, but it's very informative. It's fun. We had a great time making it. And yeah, thank you guys for being here. We love you all. Have a great Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Don't stab anyone. Please, no. Put your weapons away before you go, but have fun and just eat all the food, okay? We'll talk to you all soon. All right, bye. Until next time. Bye.